Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. everybody welcome to episode 57 of the fantasy timeline a proud member of the dynasty addicts podcast network i'm josh at real fantasy tl i'm with my main man bill at super dupa flex bill how you doing today man man it's been a crazy one just uh commissioning leagues and you know we have only have one day to set up playoffs and a lot of my leagues have trade deadlines today and you know, it's just a crazy day of setting up leagues for, uh, you know, for the playoffs and everything. So, um, happy to sit down and talk some football now instead of clicking on different settings in the league. How are you doing? Uh, doing good. Uh, I, I only commission one league, and it's uh, through Sleeper, and it's very simple, so I don't really have to do anything. But uh, I know you commission a lot of leagues. Our... Uh, our boss man, uh, Dynasty Outhouse, commissions a ton of leagues. I, I was getting messages from him all day about playoffs and and rookie C or rookie uh, picks and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, if you're listening to us, give a shout out to your commissioner, thank him or her. Maybe uh, maybe buy him a six pack and and just say thanks for all the stuff that. They have to go through because this time of year we're talking or white claws, whatever they drink. Um, this time of year, you know, they're doing playoff stuff, but soon that calendar is going to flip into 2021 and they're going to be, you know, dealing with people leaving leagues, trying to get people into leagues, trying to collect money for 2021, all that kind of stuff. So they do a lot of work and it's in dynasty leagues. It's year round. So at least say thank you if you don't, you know, maybe buy them a little six pack or something. But uh, now that I got my public service announcement out of the way, let's hit the news. So uh, th- this was a uh, this was a week, man. We we started on yeah, Sunday. We had Sunday football, Monday football, Tuesday football. We 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 were trying to do all the days of the week this week. But uh, first game we got here, Saints Falcons. So looks like. Alvin Kamara came back. He uh, he went uh, 15 uh, rushes for 88 yards and a touchdown. So I think people are happy now. And now there's the the rumblings that Drew Brees might be coming back. So that has got to be uh, it's got to be music to the ears of Alvin Kamara owners, especially in this playoff time of year, and even Michael Thomas owners, even though. Michael Thomas went, I think, what was that, 9 for 105? He had a good game himself. So um, what do you think, Bill? Any You liking Kamara or Thomas, anything else? Yeah, I mean, Taysom looked a little better passing the ball this week. Um, 
So, I mean, there's still that little bit of me that thinks that he could end up being a um, a pretty big contributor next year. Um, I'm just not sure. Anybody that has him is probably thinking the same thing, so I'm not really sure you can trade for him now. Um, probably needed to do that before that first game and just roll the dice. Um, yeah, Kamara, I think it'll be better when Breeze comes back. It's just If it's not this week, it's probably next week, so hopefully you have a bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if not, you know, if you make it into the semis, then it it's probably a pretty good, um, pretty good thing for Kamara um, with Breeze coming back and Michael Thomas. But yeah, Michael Thomas did all right this week. I think he had like a forty percent um, target share um, wow. this week, so that that was pretty high, and <laughs> I mean very high. So um, you know, at least that's a good sign, even for next year, that you can at least feel good that he is getting targeted with another quarterback. And um, if you do have Michael Thomas, maybe you don't have to panic quite as much as, um, you know, a lot of people are. Agree with you on that. Uh, So we'll we'll move on. Uh, Your Lions, Bill, took on the Chicago Bears. And, man, what a game. They They were kind of getting the doors blown off and then, they they make a comeback at the end of that game and and you know a lot of that was on Matt Stafford you know 402 yards three touchdowns I know this hasn't been his best year but he it seems like he's been kind of turning it up as of late so if you have him on your team and you're going into the fantasy uh, playoffs you might be happy with uh, Matt Stafford as one of your quarterbacks uh, anything else you pull from this game. Yeah, I mean, Stafford, I'm still a little hesitant to, like, think he's turned a corner or something. I mean, the good thing is that Patricia's not there, so the offensive coordinator's, you know, a lot more aggressive. And, you know, they're not just running the ball all the time. And um, the one thing is the Bears really didn't get a lot of pressure on um, Stafford, so he could just pick them apart. So I'm not really sure once we see a team that's able to get pressure. Um, and they, I think they play Green Bay this week, so they're not a high pressure team either. So maybe he can still do pretty decent this week. Um, but you know, with the new situation and, uh, Bevel, the interim coach, who was the OC wanting to, you know, play at a faster tempo and everything. That's, that's nothing but good things for the lions offensive players. You know, there's going to be a lot more snaps for the offense. So, um, so yeah, that's a good sign. Um, I'm not sure I'm super confident yet until I see it more than one week, I guess. But, I mean, if you have Stafford, odds are he's either your QB2 or 3 in a super flex. So, if he's a QB3, that's a pretty good problem to have. Otherwise, you're just kind of stuck, you know, playing him regardless. Yeah, and I mean, I think there, I think there's definitely worse, uh, even QB2s in the world to have. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if he is turning a corner that is kind of at the right time for you, uh, with the playoffs in sight. But, uh, all right, let's move on here. Uh, Browns and Titans. Man, I, I know you uh, I know you hate them, but Baker, man, uh, <laughs> 334 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, they kind of demolished the Titans in the first half. And, at you know, the second half, they were just pretty much playing keep away. And, you know, Titans came back a little bit. But it, w- it was pretty much uh, all Baker all the time. Uh what about you, Bill? What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, Baker looked really good. I mean, he uh, he still has a few of those, like, blips, but he he did hit um, most of the big plays. You know, at least he was he threw a ball that was catchable. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, they're, they're looking pretty good. I mean, this was a big game for them, and they show that they can kind of shut down Derrick Henry and force them to play, you know, Tennessee to play from behind, which isn't ideal for them. And getting, uh, I already forget his name, the uh, defensive end, healthy. Oh, Miles Garrett. Uh, Miles Garrett, yeah. yeah. Um, that's huge for their defense and pretty much the whole team. So, you know, if he starts playing lights out like he did earlier in the season, I mean, they're going to be a tough team to play in the uh, playoffs just because that running game and and that defense is starting to get a little bit better. And, you know, they have two games coming up, you know, two of their last three or two of their last four where they have the Steelers and the Ravens, and those are games that beginning of the year we would have been like, man, we ch- we're going to chalk these up as losses, but – Ravens not playing their their best ball. We'll, we'll get to them later. And Steelers, man, definitely. I mean, they lost to Washington, but I mean, I don't think they've played a really good game, you know, since before they played Dallas. I mean, they they've played a lot of teams that they should have easily beat up on, and they've let these teams, you know, stay in it. And you know that Dallas, you know, wasn't ready to do it. They weren't going to win that game, and. The Ravens had too many guys to to come back, but Washington had just enough to to pull it out. So we'll see uh, we'll see where the Steelers go from here and where the Browns go from here. They're, they look good. So we got uh, the Dolphins and the Bengals. Man, Mike Gesicki, uh, he's a guy I got on a few teams, a guy I liked, and he's had some moments this year. But man, he went uh, he went nine receptions, eighty eight yards, and a touchdown, and. If you started Mike Gusecki in uh, in a in a tight end premium, oof, you you were happy. And unfortunately, Mike Gusecki actually uh, actually cost me a, a couple of spots on a team I was tanking with. I actually ended up winning a game. Yeah, I had a few other guys blow up that were unexpected, but uh, he I think he got me like thirty points in a tight end premium. So uh, not what I was looking for, but a hell of a game. Um, any anything else you saw, Bill? No, I mean that that was uh he did look good. He stood out. Um Gesicki did. Um you know, it was he showed, you know, his size on some of those and his athleticism a little bit and you know, maybe we're seeing him start to grow into it. I mean, he's just a guy who struggled so much that first year. But you know, some of these guys take a little longer to um you know, show, but it's not like he's old or anything like that. So um, you know, maybe he is in that, that mold where like kind of the Ebron ish, where you're this athletic guy that, you know, maybe just has to slowly step up each year and that's going to be what he does. And, you know, I mean, Ebron's probably a bad example just because of all of his drops, but I mean, just the point being where statistically he kind of grew each year, I think it was like five years in a row or something where he just improved upon previous year marks. And, you know, maybe that's what we're going to see out of, uh, out of Gesicki, um, you know, it all depends kind of on the offense, too, if it, you know, they're going to utilize him as a, a big slotter if they want to end up moving him into, like, tight end, you know. Yeah, and I, I like the Iran comparison. Like, obviously, differences in play style and all that stuff, but I, I like the Ebron comparison because he's a lot like what Ebron is. Ebron's kind of a steady guy who will get you some blow-up weeks. I mean, two weeks ago, Ebron had a hell of a game against the Ravens. Um, 
but that's not going to be his every week. He's not uh, a Travis Kelsey, a Darren Waller, one of those guys that you can pretty much expect, you know, tight end top three numbers every week. But he has the ability on any given week to give you a top three performance. Um, and I'm not sure if this was a top three performance, but it was a pretty damn good performance. So, um, so we got that. So, all right, Jags and Vikings. Justin Jefferson uh, leads the comeback against the uh, the Jags there. He goes nine receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown. He's just so – he's so good, man. Like, if, if you drafted him or traded for him, you know, the first month of the season when he really wasn't performing, you're just so happy now. You're just sitting back with your Justin Jefferson chairs and just smiling where every week he is pretty much it, – it, it's weird because Stefan Diggs is doing so well in Buffalo, but he's doing what you wanted Stefan Diggs to do, which is be pretty much an every week contributor where you're like, wow, this guy's really good. Like this guy can, can coincide with Adam Thielen, who is now, he just gets two touchdowns every week. He doesn't care what he has to do, but like he's the guy getting the receptions and the yardage and he throws in touchdowns too. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you saw, Bill. Not really. I mean, it was, you know, Glennon actually looks okay as a, uh, like, backup quarterback. Like, he's showing, like, he can at least still be a backup, a good backup for somebody. Like, he just looks confident. You know, he's throwing, you know, some some ropes at those receivers. And I mean, he looks pretty decent. Um, you know, I just don't, I don't know if we're, that offense is going to be anything like what we see next year. You know, I mean, it's just really tough year for them but um yeah i think they're talking about jefferson i think somebody had mentioned or it was a stat going around uh, multiple people have said it where there's like five wide receivers that have a thousand yards in their first 12 games ever and it's like obj randy moss you know it's like all these big name players that um and jefferson's one of the five um in the history of the game now you know, it's a little different because the rules nowadays compared to when those guys played. So it's maybe not quite as spectacular, but it's still damn impressive. No, no other rookies doing that. So, I mean, that's what we got to compare it off of. And and so, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, he just fell right into that role. It took a, a minute too, didn't it? Like everybody, like a, a month into the year, the season, everybody's talking about like kind of he's the bust of the first round picks. And maybe it was three weeks. It wasn't very long yeah. in, but... There's a lot of people going like, "What's going on, with Jefferson?" And all of a sudden, here we are, right? So he did that with some bad games at the beginning of the year. So yeah, it's 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 pretty exciting to see like what he could do to finish out this year. And he might be the best. Like he's the AJ Brown of this year, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I think it's funny because the the people I really respect and. You know, full disclosure, and I mean, if if you've listened to the show, you know this already. I am not a uh, a Devi guy. I am not a college guy. I'm not, you know, but when it comes to this time of year, there's a handful of people that I really respect. You know, guys that get get it right year after year, and those guys were like Justin Jefferson is is that dude. Like, you know, I think. For a lot of those guys, it was like CeeDee Lamb was one, 
you know, some had Justin Jefferson two, some had Jerry Judy two, and then the reverse in three. And those guys were right. Like they, they saw it. They were like, this guy is really good. NFL teams might sleep on him a little bit, but don't sleep on him in your, in your dynasty drafts. And I mean, those guys were right. And I, I took them everywhere I could because I was, I was on that train too. So, um, yeah, I, he's so good. Uh, you know, people slept on him. It was CeeDee Lamb the first month of the season with Dak when Dak was just throwing for a million points uh, or a million yards a week. Oh, man, our boy Steve Dennis in the house. Uh, howdy, gents. Would you start Thielen or JJ in week 14 if you could only pick one? Oh, God. It was like choosing between my children. I love Adam Thielen. I love Justin Jefferson. Well, so they play the Buccaneers this week, and yeah. you know it's. I'm playing Thielen. Um, I just feel like he's always going to get the targets, um, and he's always he's getting the red zone uh, targets. I think more. Um, I'd have to look that up to be honest with you, but he seems to be getting the. Uh, he's definitely getting more touchdowns, right? So, like, because yeah. I think he has 11 touchdowns or something like that already, yeah. and so. I mean, I mean it's a, a coin flip, honestly. But I'm probably being the old guy. I'm I'm probably going with the old guy a little bit, um, just because I've seen it happen more and more, and I feel a little bit better that he's going to be more savvy and being able, like, if he goes up against a tough defense, which Tampa is a pretty tough defense, like he's going to be able to use his experience. Whereas Jefferson going up against good defenses might struggle a little bit more in his first year. Oof. Man, I. But I mean, you can't really go wrong, honestly. But that, yeah, that's kind of my thought. Is there a way you can start both of them? I mean, uh, this uh, this. I is wouldn't a, do that, honestly. <laughs> this, I, I mean, probably not. But making this choice would kill me. Um, I'll probably go with Thielen too. Uh, Thielen is my boy. I, I get him in every startup that I can way later than he should go because people are like, he's thirty-one years old and. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna die soon, so we can't take him in a dynasty league. And I just go, well, I'll scoop him up here and enjoy, like Bill said, eleven touchdowns. And yeah, go with Thielen. But I, you know, if if Justin Jefferson goes off, please don't yell at me. <laughs> I think Thielen's the number four uh, PPR wide receiver. Yeah, he he's up there, and that's with missing an entire week with COVID. So um, yeah. Yeah, we're we're gonna say go feeling, but I'm I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely on the fence. Uh, all right, let's. It's like uh, your wife or your girlfriend, right? Like it's like which one do you pick? Listen, my wife might listen to this. There is no girlfriend. <laughs> okay, Bill, that might be you, and I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll I'm not married. You. But um, I could no no girlfriend here. It's just my wife. I love you. I love you. Don't don't be mad at me. He loves um, you. All right, so we're going to go on to the Raiders and the Jets. Yo, this game, the, the Raiders did everything they could to get the Jets their first win, except for, like, the last 45 seconds of the game. And the Jets but, did everything they could to get their 13th loss or 12th yeah, loss. Yeah, I mean, 
It was it was Darren Waller though. Darren Waller wanted to win that game. He might have been the only guy on the Raiders that wanted to win that game. But uh, twelve receptions, two hundred yards, and two touchdowns. What do you say about that? That's a that's amazing. I mean, yeah, that's I, a man's I, game. I play in a lot of uh, tight end premium leagues, and looking at those those scores for Darren Waller. After that game, 55, 60 points. Yeah, I think I got 58 in one of my in a safe league with Waller. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. It's crazy. Um, if you had them, you were thrilled. If you played against them, you were probably just hoping it wasn't for a playoff spot or a buy right. or something like that. <laughs> but um, uh, anything else from the, from this game, Bill? No, I mean Ruggs uh, abused that corner, but that was pretty bad—a bad defensive call by Greg Greg Williams, is that his name. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it was good. It was a good play. It was a good throw by Carr. I mean, Carr looked good there. I mean, I don't know how you don't change your defense to stop the tight end. I mean, throughout the whole game, they, it seems like they never adjusted. Um, Darnold looked okay. Um, so, which is better than what he has looked, so that's positive. Um, you know, but that offense, man, that's just, that whole team's rough. So, I don't think we see Darnold there next year, obviously. But, um, you know, there's some hope for him. Like, you might have to be patient, but he's a guy I wouldn't mind trying to add, you know, maybe for somebody, like if you're trade deadline or you don't have a trade deadline, maybe, you, and you're not in the playoffs, make a move for him. For a team that's in the playoffs, you know, and maybe you'll be able to just trade some veterans and not give up a ton. And he could, you're just going to have to hold him on your bench for a year or two and uh, see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I've I've actually been trying to do that for weeks now. Um, get Darnold. And I, I think Darnold's value has gotten him to a point, even in super flex leagues, where he's kind of like a throw-in. And not like your typical throw-in, like end of the bench guy, but... He's a guy that you're like, you're kind of close on value and you go, how about like Sam Darnold just to make it even? And I think a lot of people are like, oh, if it's only going to take Sam Darnold, sure. Like he's not going to be the quarterback of the Jets next year. His future is, you know, super murky because um, the Jets still have his rights. So, I mean, they're going to have to trade him if he's not on the team. So um, that's going to be a thing, you know what kind of compensation are they looking for? What kind of compensation can they actually get? And then where does he end up? I mean, I've been trying to speak this into existence for a while uh, that he goes to Indianapolis and he just, you know, has a ball with the weapons there. And, but, you know, it could be San Francisco if they decide to, uh, cut Jimmy G, you know, it could be, uh, you know, there is going to be, we thought last year's quarterback carousel was kind of crazy. I think this year might even be crazier with, you know. Yeah, I think so too. Question marks about Dak, you know, does he get franchised? Do they just let him go? You know, we're going to have, you know, people are saying anywhere from five to six quarterbacks go in the first round of the draft. We just talked about Mike Glennon, who is I doubt is going to be a starter anywhere, but I, I think he's going to get good money to be – a backup. I think he's kind of proving that in that role, if you need him for two or three games, he can do well. Yeah. And, you know, he may even be a bridge to 
uh, a Trey Lance or, uh, you know, a Mac Jones, you know, a, one of those type of guys that maybe aren't ready yet, Kyle Trask. So it'll be, it's going to be interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of quarterback movement. I agree. And there's a lot of just veteran guys that you're not sure, like, if teams are going into rebuild, example, the Lions, or maybe uh, Atlanta. You know, those are our player, those quarterbacks might be on other teams next year because they don't really want to have to pay that quarterback that big money and they or they want to get out of it because they want to start that rebuild and they want to get a bunch of uh, young players and give them the opportunity to play. So, I mean, we like you said, I think that's just the new NFL, though. You know what I mean? We're going to be seeing that every year where teams aren't going to commit to these guys as long as unless you're truly confident that he's a game changer, he's not going to get that second contract or that third contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see what happened with Wentz. I mean, it's already, you know, that's another one. We don't know where he's going to be. Like, he's going to be somewhere, right? Like, so I, I, I don't think so. I think he stays in Philly. Oh, because of his contract. His yeah, contract a, is such an albatross that... Unless I the Players Association and the NFL agree on some sort of weird contractual thing because of the drop in the salary cap. Yeah. You know, where maybe they could get, like, like there would have to be something like that. You're right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so, but I mean, there's another player that you look at and you go, we just paid him so much money believing he was going to be the answer and he just hasn't gotten back to where he was, which is just crazy. Like, how do you be, how do you look that good? Is it just injuries? Is it the, or do you not blame him? And it's because the off, the offensive line's so terrible, you know? And it's interesting, uh, being in the, in the Philly area, you, you hear a lot of things, but then there are actually a lot of smart guys in this area who are kind of breaking down the numbers. And, And I've said this just on a very base level, with Wentz, it is they don't seem to run an offense that highlights the things he does well, and they also don't run an offense that kind of builds to something. It's almost like playing like your thirteen-year-old cousin in Madden. They just kind of pick plays, and you're like, "All right, like we're not like we're not running to set up the play action, or we're not using the play action to set up the run. We're not kind of almost." you know, creating a story on how we're going to get to a victory. And um, Brian Baldinger said that, I forget, I think it was like 78% of the plays against the um, the Green Bay Packers didn't have one receiver running a route under eight yards. So now Wentz is dropping back. That offensive line is beat up. They're trying to protect them, and all of these receivers are running these longer routes. Well, of course he can't throw it anywhere because they haven't run to where they're supposed to go. So, you know, if you're not building an – you know, and uh, Miles Sanders I think only had 10 rushes in that game. Like that's criminal too that a guy who's that talented is only – rushing the ball 10 times. So it, it's it's things like that. And I'll be very interested to see if they change the offense for Hurts. Um, but eh, who knows? We'll, we'll have to see uh, against the Saints. I also don't think that's the best game to bring a rookie quarterback into. But hey, wh- what do I know? Maybe, uh, maybe he'll prove himself. All right. Um, Let's move on here. We, uh, we're going to do the Colts and the Texans now. Uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, helping the Colts in a divisional matchup. 
Uh, 16 total touches, 135 total yards and a touchdown. And I think that the, this is what JT owners have been kind of waiting for, the kind of the, hey, he's over 100 yards, he's got a touchdown. Like, this is what we expected from week one. You know, this is so um, the – by window may be closed now on Jonathan Taylor, but, uh, you know, wait one week. Maybe he's back to, you know, having 20, 22 rushing yards and everyone's like, all right, he sucks again. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the situation with all the rookie running backs, right? Like, we just felt like even like three weeks ago, everybody's like, eh, there's really nobody doing much. Like, right before Swift kind of popped and, you know, all of a sudden now, all of these guys, with the exception of maybe CEH, has kind of taken an upswing again in people's perception of them. So, I mean, it was a good thing to see Taylor. Um, he, he looks like, you know, they're they're using him more the way they should. He had a, a long, you know, a pretty long touchdown pass, wheel route kind of thing. And, you know, he looks he looks like a pretty decent receiver on that play at least. I mean, good enough to use. Um, yeah, I mean, what's his name? Watson looks phenomenal like he still is just incredible and um but that unfortunately it just seems like they don't have the uh the horses to you know to win but I or mean, at least win consistently but it, it's so funny because I, I on twitter every every free agent wide receiver is going to houston yeah Allen Robinson's going to Houston. Chris Godwin's going to Houston. Wilful. It's like so someone uh someone made a wrote a tweet and they said, uh, man, Deshaun Watson's gonna look really good next year when he's throwing to Fuller, Godwin, and Allen Robinson. Right. And it's like Probably they Galladay. All, they can't all go there, but I mean you get one guy there. I mean, you get, you know, you get an Allen Robinson or you get a Chris Godwin and you just kind of I think you're gonna see what you saw with DeAndre Hopkins who should have never been traded, but that's another story for another day. Um, and, and but he's doing it right now with, you know, uh, a guy named uh, what Chad Hansen, um, the corpse of Kiki Kuti. Remember when he was a thing like four years ago, and then he died. Now he's he's a zombie running the field again, and you know Brandon Cooks and Jordan Akins and you know, the corpse of David Johnson, like. He's really out there with with minimal weapons, and he's still looking good. So it should be fun if Houston actually gets a real GM in there and a real head coach in there, and they they get them some weapons either through the draft, which they don't even have their first two picks, or uh, through free agency. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch. All right, so Rams cards, uh, Rams and the Cardinals. Cam Akers, man. I mean, we're talking about these rookie running backs that we left for dead, that we were telling people were no good. You know, 22 touches, 94 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, again, this is kind of when we drafted these guys in in the first round, we were like, yeah, you know, this is what we expected from the jump. And it's funny. It seemed that all of the wide receivers kind of went ham. And the running backs took a while to to get their footing, and usually it's the other way around. Usually it's the running backs that uh, that just hit the ground running, and the wide receivers take a year or two to get their feet under them. And this year has been the total opposite. But uh, 
Yeah, that's all I got from that game. Yeah, I mean, the Rams have the cards number. I think they've won six times in a row now. It's kind of crazy. Um, you know, the, the uh, Cardinals are just... I mean, it's obvious that there's something going on with uh, Kyler. I mean, he just doesn't look as aggressive. His shoulder's obviously bothering him, so he's not running as much because he does. he's trying to avoid contact. And, you know, he looked disgusted at the end of the game. I don't know if you saw it right after the game. They were showing him walk across the field or whatever, and he was like, there was nobody around him. He was talking to himself. He just looked so mad. Really? So he looked pretty pissed. So... Um, I guess that's a good thing. You know, he's not, not happy, um, but he's he's totally frustrated. There's no question about it. And it's just a matter of, like, I don't know if it's his health or maybe somebody figured something out. Like, I'm not good enough to know the answer to that um, or smart enough to know the answer to that. So, I mean, but I have to imagine it's more of the injury than anything. So we'll, hopefully he gets healed up, you know, at some point. Um, or we're going to just see the, see them fade away, you know, from the playoff hunt. Yeah, it'll be interesting. They're, they're a game behind that seventh spot right now. Actually, I think they're tied, but Minnesota has tiebreakers or something like that. So they, uh, according to all the percentages, they actually still have the best chance of getting that uh, seventh spot. But, you know, like you said, if it's an injury type deal, it could be what kind of collapses their season. So that that's going to be something we're all going to watch. And especially, like we say, we're going into the playoffs now. This is a guy that brought you to the dance. And if he's not, if he's not good, if he's not healthy, you might have to make some hard decisions if you have other options. So, all right. We got the Giants and the Seahawks. Man, Wayne Gallman. Like, Saquon went down, and we were like, well, the Giants season is over. Saquon is the man. He's down. Then it was like, oh, well, they signed Devonta Freeman. Like, maybe Devonta Freeman can be a thing. And he was, you know, old old and busted, which is what he was at the end of the season last year. And they finally were like, all right, Wayne Gallman, you're the last guy we got left. Just do whatever you can and he's been doing everything i mean he has been he has been an animal and i've i've actually tried to pick him up in leagues and um i I can't get him like people are like holding on to him tight and i get it you know especially in leagues i'm contending in i've been trying to get him, and people want a high price and i'm like "Ah, do i do it to to try to win the chip knowing that he's probably relegated to, you know, very minimal touches as long as Saquon is healthy and back. It's the struggle we, we, you know, we make, but, um, anything, anything else from that game? Um, well, do you have any examples as to like what people want, like value wise for Goldman? I have, I have personally been asked, uh, in one situation I've been asked for a, um, a late second, and in another situation, I've been asked for a late first. Okay, so, so I, I think the late second's legit. I think that's mm-hmm. fair. Um, you know, I mean, that's a you're getting a guy you know is getting the volume, and I mean, that's that's something. There's something for that, and um, I actually made an I I traded him today um, to a guy who's in the playoffs. I'm not 
So I pretty much have no use for him because, like you said, next year, you know, he just goes back to being a backup. Or I don't know if his contract's up. He's going to go sign somewhere, but he's never going to be the starter. I mean, that's just not how it's going to work. So um, I ended up getting... uh, 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 Why am I blanking on his name now? Um, The tight end, the rookie tight end for the Browns. Bryant. Um, Yeah. Harrison. Harrison. Yeah, yeah, so it's in a, you know, tight end premium. I just I'm taking I'm rolling the dice on somebody that I think could potentially grow into his role, you know, and Joku's going to be gone more and he's going to just be getting more um, you know, experience and age and wisdom. So I made that move just to get somebody that I know will be playing next year. Um but as for Gallman, like, you know, it's an interesting thing with him because it's like, okay, He's just hitting that hole, right? Like he's just like he goes right. He's very much north south when he gets the ball. He's he's just he's very decisive. Um, he has a little bit of a diff- different running style than Saquon. So I almost ask myself like, is it Saquon's style that doesn't jive with that scheme, or is it that the offensive line has just gotten better over the course of the year? And maybe this is going to be crazy for Saquon when he comes back because all of a sudden he'll be playing behind a, a much better offensive line than what he did, you know, earlier in the year. Um, and it could be a combination of both, you know. But, um, you know, sometimes when you're top dog, you feel like you have to score a touchdown every play. Whereas, you know, if you're a, a role player, you know you're just trying to get those four four yards each carry. And so you're just going to hit that hole and get what you can, and you're not trying to do too much. So, um, you know, it's just it's interesting. We'll see how it plays out. But um, I'm inter- I'm interested to see how Saquon does at the start of next year. Yeah, and, and I, I will steal one of your lines. I am not smart enough to, to diagnose their running styles and know if that's having a big difference. But I will say that, the offensive line for the Giants has gotten exponentially better as the season has gone on. Uh, they drafted a rookie with the fourth pick, I think, this past year, Andrew Thomas from Georgia. He's really starting to kind of – he's starting to figure it out now, and he looks a lot better than he did at the beginning of the season. He's playing left tackle for them. So uh, a couple of their other guys were injured and now have come back. So they're kind of coming together at the right time, and if they can – stay healthy and stay together. Yeah, I think Saquon will uh will reap the rewards and Gallman is a free agent, so that'll be interesting. I actually think it's in the Giants' best interest to try to sign him if it, you know, isn't an insane price because I think they can actually lessen Saquon's workload and maybe prevent another injury from sapping a season from him by giving Gallman more work. Now that you know that Gallman can do it, I mean He's been the guy pretty much by himself for the last, what, four weeks since uh, Freeman went on the IR. Like, it's been him by himself. I mean, Alfred Morris is out there, but let's face it, like, that's just because there's literally nobody else in the world to play running back. So they had to sign somebody for depth. But it's Wayne Gallman. And uh, no matter where he goes, he is going to be a good complement to a team's uh, running back room. Oh. 
sorry, I, I froze up there for a minute. My uh, my computer froze up. Um, all right, Eagles Packers. Uh, Devontae Adams, man, ten receptions, one hundred and twenty-one yards, two touchdowns. I I've run out of good things to say about him. He's the best wide receiver in football. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's the same thing every week now. He's putting up these stats. It's just insane, and you know, it, it's uh, there's not much to say about them. I mean, Packers are just doing it right. Like they they have their their plan of attack and they execute it, and and that's that with one of the top quarterbacks, you know, of all time. So it's pretty easy to to you know explain that. Now, can we explain what happened on the other side? We kind of talked about it already with Wentz and um, Jalen Hurts going out there. I mean, Hurts, you know, he looks like he's just not. Um, he just went out there and he played. Like he didn't. He didn't. Doesn't have all that fog in his brain. That's because he hasn't been getting beat up for the whole season. So he's out there just chucking the ball. I mean, he made a beautiful pass to uh, to Fulgham, who just kind of missed it. You know, there was a. Another one where um, I think he hit Rager. Um, you know, so he's making some good deep passes. And, I mean, that's that's a skill he has. His issue is the intermediate passes. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but, you know, um, you know I, I'm interested to see how he plays this week with a week of practice. And, um, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Yeah, and like I said earlier, I wonder if they're going to craft an offense around him or if they're going to stay with the offense they've been using with Wentz and and see if that'll work for uh, for Hurts. So we we shall see against a very good Saints defense. Uh, Patriots Chargers. I literally wrote, I have nothing. I mean, the defense. You know, Bill Belichick crafted a defense to definitely shut out Justin Herbert, which no one thought could be done. And then it was like two special teams touchdowns. I mean, their their number their number one receiver in that game had a reception for 30 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, it, it was just a very weird game. Where I, and I, I think the Chiefs had a game like this earlier in the season where nobody had super good stats, but the Chiefs somehow scored 40 points. You know, and it was – one of those games where there's, you know, the, I think a defensive touchdown and, you know, they pretty much scored every which way except for offensively. So uh, uh, if you have anything, Bill, you can go for it. No, it was a pretty pretty ugly game overall, right? I mean, Cam, I don't even th- think he threw for 100 yards, like for two games in a row. It's it's one of those things, like, what do you even do with him? Like, he's, he's getting rushing touchdowns, but he's not, like, you can't bank on that and... You know, that whole team just looks weird, and I don't feel comfortable starting anybody on that team, honestly. No, um, not a soul. Over the last two weeks, he has thrown for 84 yards, and last week he threw for 69 yards. Nice. Nice, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, and he probably won't be in New England next year, so... That's that's going to be another spot where we talk about does a quarter does Jimmy G go back to New England? Like it, it's like you said, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. 
So we got uh we got next on the on the list here. Broncos and Chiefs, and I just put Travis Kelsey as the tight end one. And I know Waller had a hell of a week, but you know, eight receptions, 136 yards and a touchdown. He just he's consistently like eight receptions, you know, he'll give you a touchdown a lot of weeks. You know, he'll throw some yardage in there. It's just it's so weird because it's the only position where there's like a clear number one and then, you know, people are battling for their spots under Travis Kelsey. I mean, even with the Darren Waller blow up, he's not the he's not the, the tight end one. I mean, and it's just crazy. And I, I think we're going to see in a lot of startups next year, Travis Kelsey go in the first round because people know that. If you don't get yourself Travis Kelsey, yeah, you can get yourself a a Darren Waller. But, I mean, we thought Kittle was going to be that guy this year, and injury sapped him. And we thought Andrews was going to, you know, build on what he did last year, and that offense is falling apart. It seems like Travis Kelsey is just Mr. Consistent. But Mr. Consistent is also, you know, eight for at least 80, and you get a touchdown a lot of weeks, which is very good in the tight end game. Yeah, and I mean, he's five yards away from being the league leader in receiving yards. So, like, that's there's one wide receiver, DK Metcalf, five yards higher than Kelsey. So, I mean, you're getting a wide receiver one with touchdowns. You know, I mean, that alone, I mean, that's just how dominant he is in comparison to the other tight ends. And... Uh, t- uh, Tyreek is three in yards, so they might end up with the top two players in yards. You know, just uh, that's that's that offense and that's that quarterback, right? And it's those guys. I mean, that's there's so much talent on that offense that between the the three of the court, you know, between Mahomes and those two, like those are the guys you bank on, right? Everybody else, you don't know when they're gonna hit, but those guys always hit and. Um, Zeddy won't. Yeah, we are talking about them. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the Broncos, you know, you know, Locke, I think he looked a little bit better this week. He still early on made a boneheaded uh, interception. Um, you know, you just hope he looks better, right? He looks a little, he looked a little better yesterday or this week than he did the week before, but he's going to have to keep building on that. And I mean, there's built in excuses, but every team has guys that get hurt. And there's a matter of like, can he? And then he got hurt, so I mean, I get it. Yeah. Like, there's there yeah. is some excuses in there for for him, but he's got to show improvement. And I mean, it's got to be a little bit, a little bit more than he's shown. So, um, but at least at least he took a step in the right direction this week compared to last. Yeah, and I, I think, I think what or Drew Locke two weeks ago. Yeah. I think what Drew Locke is going to have to do is show that he could do it with volume uh, because he's, he's a gunslinger. He's going to throw interceptions. He's going to throw stupid passes. I mean, that's, that's just kind of built into Drew Locke's game and you're never going to kind of teach it out of him, but he's got to prove that he can kind of do well with volume. I mean, if he's only throwing 25 times a game and you have an interception, you know, that's, four percent of your throws that's that's going to be a problem but if he's throwing you know 30 35 times a game and he's actually completing passes and getting yardage not just throwing for the sake of throwing um 
he should be okay. But yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of built-in excuses. I think um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens during this offseason. I've actually heard on heard on a couple different podcasts uh, tra- trading for Matt Stafford to get him into Denver. Trading That'd be for, awesome. Trading for uh, who was the oh trading for Carson Wentz to get him into Denver. You know, I've I don't heard like that. I've heard a lot of, you know, like, hey, like, trade these guys into Denver to – because, I mean, next year, barring injury, they're going to have Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy. Tim Patrick is blown up this year. K.J. Hamler, Albert O, Noah Fant. I mean, it should be a high-powered offense if they have the right trigger, man. I'll be honest with you. I think Stafford would be a fantastic add because you could keep – Locke there. Locke is a similar type of player to Stafford. I mean, I think Stafford is much more talented than him, but I mean, you know, at least he could learn under somebody who has a similar play style and, you know, you could still just pause his, his growth, you know, and you're going to get a guy that can go in and kind of show how to do it, whether it's for a couple years and maybe, or maybe Locke never gets another chance, but they don't really care about that because Locke's a second-round pick that doesn't make a ton of money. They're more than happy to have him. Like, he'd be an incredible backup. Yeah, and, agreed. And so I, I think that, you know, that could be a way for Elway to maybe save his tail a little bit. Um, but, you know, the likelihood of them getting one specific quarterback is very low. So, right. I mean, but I think that would be actually a really good fit overall just for the, for the team, for maybe lacks progress rather than getting somebody who's completely different than him. Yeah. And you know, but uh, I mean, but it all just depends. I just hope that happens so that I'm right about lack, not going to be a starter next year. Yeah. You're, you're hoping, but, uh, I have a feeling that our, our man, John Elway, isn't going to want to be wrong for like the 17th time about a quarterback. And he's going to try to, uh, he straight he he stretched out Paxton Lynch for a while, and that that guy was for like three games straight garbage. Yeah, he was on. His, that was because he he couldn't stay on the field. He would he was another one that got hurt all the time. But um, yeah, we'll see. It, it'll, that'll be an interesting one. All right, we're gonna breeze through the last few here. The football team, the football team of Washington, got got to give them their due, man. They they beat the previously unbeaten. Pittsburgh Steelers and sorry Brian Har, I know it must have been uh I'm been not sorry upsetting. But uh Alex Smith, man, two hundred and ninety six yards and a touchdown. The dude has locked down comeback player of the year. It ain't close with anyone else. And I mean Even if, if there did, was somebody else, they weren't gonna win it. Like just you know listen, what I mean? Like listen, he automatically gets it. People people were talking about Ben Roethlisberger at the beginning of the year. Listen, I don't care who you are, what your story is. This guy almost lost his leg, and he is out there beating undefeated teams. You know, no one even thought he was going to see the field this year. He was the third-string quarterback. Dwayne Haskins was supposed to take the leap and be the the guy, and then he wasn't the guy, and then it was uh, Kyle Allen, uh Ron Rivera's boy and he was going to finish out the season and now it's Alex Smith and can you imagine if Alex Smith takes Washington to the playoffs forget winning a game in the playoffs I've said this the whole time I'm a Cowboys fan 
I'm thrilled you that are? we're yeah, I'm thrilled that we're losing all these games. Let's get that pick because I don't need a home playoff game to get the doors blown off by like 30 points. Let let some other team encounter that struggle. But if he gets them to the playoffs, I mean, he better get an MVP vote too. I'm not saying win the thing, but to do that when no one would have given Washington at the beginning of the season a chance to even make the playoffs, win in the NFC East, I mean, he deserves one MVP vote just for that. So, and if I had a vote, I I would make sure I was the guy that did it just to just to to get it for him. He deserves it. So, uh, what about you, Bill? Yeah, I wouldn't go that far to say that he deserves an MVP vote, but just one. Like he's a game manager. That's all he has to be right now. I mean, his that defense, that front seven is awesome. I mean, they are. That's what's winning games for them is that front seven. Um, they're fun to watch, man. Like, that whole game, it was just, like, they're so outclassed as a team against, you know, Pittsburgh, but they just stuck around, you know, and, and Alex Smith just being a game manager, you know, steadily matriculating the ball down the field. And, uh, you know, he. I mean, it's impressive. Like, I, I'm so happy that he is succeeding I made a joke in the FTC fantasy timeline chat. If you want to join, pop in. A lot of good peeps. Um, I made a joke that Washington was going to end up winning the division, and we're getting closer to that potentially being the case. I mean, the Giants still have to hiccup, but uh, and they have to keep winning. But you know, it's a uh, it, it's fun. I'll be rooting for them. Um, just wish they had a different owner, you know. But but other than that, yeah, it's they're a fun team to root for personally. And I will I will say, uh, yeah, the owner is not the best human being in the world. But Ron Rivera, I mean, Ron Rivera yeah, kind of yeah. owns that team. I mean, yeah, he had to do all the damage control during the off season with the name and then all the scandal that they had, and the, then he finds he out he had, cancer. And, yeah, he found yeah. out he had cancer and he beat cancer and. And the guy is, it's not even like he beat cancer and he couldn't really do anything with this team. Not only did he do all the stuff during the offseason, beat cancer, but he has this team on the precipice of being a playoff team, which I'm sure somebody in Vegas bet that they would win the NFC East, but it was like one guy who just did it on a dare or something. Like, no, no. Nobody with any sense was really putting money on Washington to do it, but they're they're there. They're they're almost to the point where they're hosting a playoff game. You know, that might be the height of 2020 that Washington is hosting a playoff game with Alex Smith as the starting quarterback. So that's one good thing I guess we could say we saw in 2020. But uh, Bills and 49ers, Josh Allen, man. Uh, I watched that game and then I felt so sorry for the 49ers that I just went to sleep because Josh Allen I beat them like a drum. Uh 375 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, everyone had their comments about Josh Allen and what he could do and what he couldn't do and he can't throw and he's not accurate and he's he's proven all the haters wrong and you know, people are like, "Well, is it going to be a consistent thing?" and I don't know if he's going to throw, I think, almost 70% he's at right now. Is that going to be an every season thing for him? Probably not. But you know what? For this year, I mean, he's getting it done. And 
even if even if that drops five percentage points, he's still in a pretty good spot compared to where we thought he was going to be. So uh, that's my that's my Josh Allen rant. Yeah, I thought I actually thought he was going to struggle a little bit against San Fran. They had you know added some of the guys back for, on defense, and you know I, he actually you know he made it again. He's just going to be one of those guys that's going to make some bad throws because he's so aggressive and he's a little erratic sometimes on his deep passes. So, but you take that the good with the bad with him, and and he's shown just market improvement every year, right? Like, I mean, everybody in fantasy football kind of wrote him off rookie year, showed well. The next year, everybody said he was inaccurate, including myself, improved, and now he's he's a pro, man. He is he's a solid, solid pro. You know, he's in that that second tier of quarterback, I think, and. You know, you just you know what his deficiencies are, and you're gonna have to deal with those. And you just you know get players that are gonna maybe help limit some of his issues. And you know this team, the team looks good, man. They're they're built. I mean, to fit his style, and you know it, it's they're a fun team to watch now. It used to be they were boring; they just ran the ball, but they just opened it up so much this year. Yeah, and it's funny because. That was kind of the last year where we had a, a bunch of quarterbacks at the top of the draft, and everybody clowned the Bills for taking Josh Allen. You know, he's from, he's coming from Wyoming. He hasn't played any real talent. He's not accurate. You know, he's just a guy that can, you know, throw the ball a hundred yards. And he's the best quarterback out of that that top little grouping, which was uh, Josh Rosen was in that group and. Uh, was that the Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold year? Uh, you know, and Sam Darnold is having his struggles. Baker is looking good, but I mean, last year he was he was a massive disappointment, not only for fantasy, but I think in in reality as well. So, Josh Allen has been the one on the steady uh, on the steady rise, and he was the guy that probably got made fun of the most during the uh, during the draft process. So, just goes to show you, man. You know, don't believe all the hype. And then last but not le- last but not least, Tuesday night football, Cowboys Ravens, and I just put the Ravens rush for three hundred yards. And I said during the game to my wife, I said, I don't know if I've ever in my life seen a team that is so bad at stopping the run. I don't know if I've ever seen it. And I've watched a lot of football. I mean, it was just like every rush was like ten yards, eleven yards, yeah, forty yards. It, there wasn't there. I know there was, but it, it seemed like there was never like a, you know, a two yard stop, a, you know, a stop behind the line. It was always just a massive run. Uh, anything else from that game? Well, I mean, just to follow up on that, I mean, it was crazy how many of those runs were right down the middle, too. It was like the, that defensive line was either it was how they were stunting or how they were attacking. And I mean, that first touchdown run by. Uh, Lamar was just like, all right, I got to kind of juke one guy. And then, like, another guy was completely out of position. Van Der Esch, like, completely, like, he couldn't see where the play was headed. And he went the wrong direction. And there was, like, I mean, I think that Lamar was high-stepping by the 20-yard line. I mean, it was just, like, it was crazy. But, you know, that that's kind of, they kind of reverted back to the Ravens, this is. You know, a little bit more of the running, you know, and letting that dictate the passing. And 
I didn't see as many egregiously poor passes from Lamar last night, and maybe that was just the defense they were facing. Uh, but usually he's still skying things, and he really didn't do that um, on Tuesday. So, I mean, maybe maybe he just calmed down a little bit, and he's just going to start to fall back into, um, you know, back into what we saw last year. But, I mean, it's hard to give him too much credit when it's against the Dallas defense, unfortunately. Can't blame you on that. So that's the wrap-up of the week, and we're going we're gonna to ride right into what we saw in the timeline. So a couple of... Uh, couple of philosophical questions this week you know now that we're getting into the playoffs the the thought process really gets amped up this first one's from andrew dash ff fringe at andrew underscore fringe uh who are you taking in dynasty startups t higgins or chase claypool so this wasn't a uh, a poll but this was just a question being asked and i feel like i feel like it's simple but i feel like this is going to be an interesting thing to watch during actual startups. So what do you got? Man, I mean, it's pretty close, right? Like, I mean, that's, it's not an easy answer for me. Um, man, I think I'm taking T Higgins. Um, he's not as athletic. He's not as, um, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a different type of receiver, right? Like, but I think that just that offense long term is going to have a higher volume. So that's really the only reason I'm going for that. I, I think that Claypool is, you know, he's Kenny Galladay ish, um, but more athletic. So I mean, that's pretty incredible. Um, I just worry. Um, that he's always going to have Deontay next to him. So he may not always be the, you know, that wide receiver one even on his team based on at least uh, production. So, and I think that T. Higgins will be that. So I think I take Higgins. So, Andrew, can I can I call you Andrew? Uh, B- Me? Struck- no, the guy who asked the question. <laughs> um. So, Bill struggled with this a little bit. Uh, it's not that hard for me. It's it's T. Higgins, and don't get me wrong, Chase Claypool is a good player. But we are looking at, like Bill kind of said, he's never going to be the number one on his team. And maybe you argue the same thing with T. Higgins because Tyler Boyd is still there. But if we're looking at who the quarterback is going to be long term, we know it's Joe Burrow, as long as this knee injury isn't something crazy. We don't know who that is in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's probably Big Ben next year, but it's probably not Big Ben the year after that. And then who is it? Are they picking up a Jameis or a Sam Darnold or somebody to throw the rock? Or are they drafting somebody? You know, we've we've seen Mason Rudolph, so we know they're not exactly uh, – they don't exactly bat a thousand when they draft quarterbacks, so that that's a big worry. And I just think that consistency-wise, I think T. Higgins is going to be the mo- more consistent player, but I also think he's going to get you more points. So for me, it's pretty easy. Uh, I would go with T. Higgins, but this is going to be something to watch during startups because I'm sure people are going to have memories of the four touchdown. Chase Claypool uh, game when they uh, when he's on the clock. 
So I just looked up uh, just real quick to see like maybe where the calculators had the two. And I, uh, the DLF, it's based off of, I want to say, November um, ADP. Um, that's pretty close, uh, 391 to 324 for cool. T. Higgins. And then um, I looked up a Dynasty Trade Calculator, and that's substantially different. Uh, T. Higgins is 33.4, and Claypool is 20. So the difference is almost like a late first, early second um, between Higgins and Claypool, according to DTC. So so there you go. So a little bit closer on uh, DLF, but both both calculators have... T. Higgins is the guy that has more value, at least. So, yep. In in the startups, you're probably going to be taking your your T. Higgins first. So we're going to go to uh, Dave at Toronto FF8, and this was this was a good one, and I'll I'll tell you why once we start talking about it. So in redraft, so we got to put our redraft hats on for a minute. If you are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. And there is no incentive other than to play spoiler or for your ego. I don't think you should add players off of waivers. So, Bill, in in the redraft game, do you think this should be a thing? I mean, I agree. Like, I don't, personally. But I'm not going out of my way to, like, complain to people either, you know, if they do it. Um but yeah, I don't add. If I'm out of it, I'm not doing anything to affect other people's chances. All right. So I I am totally on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, my thing is, hey, you know what? I paid my money to play for 16 weeks. I'm going to play for 16 weeks. And guess what? If I can, uh, If I can knock somebody out of the playoffs because, you know, I won week 13 and you needed that win to get in, then, you know, that that's that's satisfying for me because obviously I'm not going to win the money. I'm not good enough to, to be in the playoff race. But, hey, if I can knock, you know, especially if it's one of my buddies or family members or something, like, hey, I'm I'm a fan. Like, I'm I'm willing to do that. And I, I don't think that players should – I don't think that – general managers should be told not to or stopped from doing so i agree with you i completely missed the that it was during the um regular season regular season okay yeah i i think i play my i do my best throughout the regular season like i think you can still participate in waivers after the playoffs or once the playoffs start and i thought that's what um, the question was like, are you still going to do waivers for players when you are not in the playoffs? Do you, you follow me? I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's why I said, no, I would not do it. But if I'm in the regular season, I'm playing my hardest every week, regardless, because a, I don't want to screw the, uh, the integrity of the league where whoever plays me that last week and I'm not trying, they get a free pass into the playoffs. So yeah, I I am rescinding my response because mm-hmm. I misunderstood and I agree with you 100%. And and I want to give Dave a lot of credit because he put this up. He said, "Hey, this is my opinion. 
And a lot of people actually in a respectful way, which is, you know, sometimes not so common on Twitter. What? We're like, hey, man, like, I don't think you're right. And a lot of the re- and one person brought up the fact that, hey, like, I don't think if the first place or let's say the team battling for the sixth seed gets to play you week 13, I don't think they should have an easier road to get in in that last game than maybe exactly. the fourth place team who played you week three and beat you, yep. you know, it just... Or you beat that, them. Right, for that competitive balance, like, yep. why should these teams that are mathematically eliminated be prevented from making waiver wire pickups just because they can't win the cash anymore? And at the end of the whole thing, he said, wow, you know what, I think, you know, I think this has changed my mind. And he still said, like, pride and ego, he said, I don't think should be a reason why you do it, even though, I mean, look, I play, usually I play in leagues with people that I know, people that I'm friends with. So if I can knock somebody out on that last week, like, that makes it for me. You know, I spent my $20 and I didn't do as well as I could. But guess what? I at least got, you know, a little bit of my entertainment out of those dollars by keeping you out, too. So you can say that pride and ego shouldn't matter but you know to me at least pride and ego do matter and i would i i wouldn't be proud of myself if i just said well i'm out of it so i'm not i'm not gonna play anymore you know i'm gonna stick it out to the end and then you know like you said once the playoffs start man whatever like obviously it's different if there's like a punishment involved like you don't want to get last place yeah do what you have to do to not do that but I'm with you. So, you know what? We got we got time for one more question, and this is actually a question from Steve in the chat. So I'm going to throw it up here real quick, and then read it, and then take it down because my face is covered. Um, if you got time for one more at the end, we do, Steve. A question for me? Wow, I feel special. Usually, people go to Bill's big brain to uh, to answer these questions, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I can for you, Steve. Uh, say you're the first seed in a 12-team Superflex, two tight end, no premium. How much are you paying to get Deontay Johnson on your roster to secure your championship? All right, I'm going to take, <laughs> take this down now. Steve. Steve. In the immortal words. Don't, don't say too much because he's talking about me. Listen, Steve. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. In the immortal words of draft day, Deontay Johnson, no matter what. All right? Listen, you are, if you are the first seed, if you are the number one seed, Deontay Johnson probably makes your team close to unbeatable. <laughs> he, he, is, he is just getting double-digit targets every game. Yeah, he does get a case of the drops. But so so Bill, let's back this up here. So is he asking is he asking cuz he wants you to pay up for Deontay? He has Deontay, but okay. Here's my wide receiver core. I mean, okay. Galladay who's hurt, uh-huh. but I have Ty- Tyreek, Marvin Jones, sure. Galladay's hurt, uh DK Metcalf, Pittman, uh-huh. Lazard. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
So, like, I feel like I'm okay. Uh, Curtis Samuel. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like I'm okay at wide receiver. It sounds um, like you, you got Tyreek and DK and a bunch of guys. And, a bunch and of Jack. Galladay. Well, you got to get onto the field to get points, Bill. That's it. Okay, that's but I have Marvin Jones, who's covering for him while he's out. That's true, Marvin Jones. And he's a wide receiver before. one the last four games. He's been he's been good. So, uh, Bill, I mean, listen, you. This is me now, and I'm you know, I love Deontay more, more than a lot of things in this world. It, it's Keep in mind, good. I don't have any picks. Well, that's going to be a problem <laughs> because I I was going to go mostly based off of picks, but. I mean, I would I would be asking for you know probably like Galladay and a one. That is probably what I would would yeah. I mean, shit. I'm, how much are you willing to pay for a championship, Bill? No, I don't have to pay. I'm pretty happy with my team. Top scorer in the league. You know, right. I'm going in pretty. I got to buy. I can like weather. Maybe Galladay comes back in week fifteen. You know, maybe not. That's okay. I'm f- I feel pretty good about my team, so right, I may not win, and that's okay. But you know, I love. Hey, I love Deontay. I have him on forty percent of my teams. I looked it up uh, earlier <laughs> this week. So God, I wish I had him on that many teams. So like, I have a lot of him. Um, you know, I just don't, I, there. I'm not paying what you're like even close to what you're you're saying. I got you, um, but. That that would be that it and just, this is just your roster, obviously. Like you know, it would be like it would have to be that big time guy, and you know, your I don't know if the first is your first. I'm assuming it is, but what would probably I don't have be any. Yeah, the the oh you don't have any. So I mean, we'd have to make up the difference somewhere else. But you know, I would need a top 15-ish guy and then a first because, you know, he's just that good. And Juju's out next year. I mean, he's just going to ascend. Uh, I mean, obviously I could be wrong about that, but I honestly feel that he's going to be in, you know, top five-ish territory. Uh, And, you know, it'll be interesting because it seems like if you're in first, what Steve might want to do, and sorry, Bill, I don't mean to harm you here, but got got to help our people out here. Uh, Steve might want to start working his way down, uh, start working his way down the playoff seating there, and maybe uh, go talk to uh, whoever the second seed is and see if uh, they want some Deontay in their life, and just keep. Kind of keep working your way down, Steve, until you find somebody that that meets your price. The and, better uh, question is, why does he want to move Deontay? Oh, I don't know. Listen, yeah, like let's I let's be real. Like that's if if you're gonna really help Steve out here, you should be telling Steve not to trade him. No, that that's that's actually not the right answer because Steve obviously wants to trade him for some reason and. I don't I don't know what Steve's roster is, but maybe Deontay... He's like third high scoring team in the league. Oh. That's and he's Steve. in the playoffs. Steve, no, don't do that. Don't all right. See, I, I I was assuming that Steve was a rebuilding team. No. So his team's uh, pretty solid actually. 
Oh, Steve, use Deontay and kick Bill's butt, man. Don't, yeah. don't trade him, don't yeah. trade him away. I, I thought this was a rebuilding situation where maybe Deontay was the the only gem that he had and he needed to get pieces in order to rebuild. But if you're the three, man, um, I have actual wide receivers, no pretenders. I love the trash talk, Steve. Don't don't let him try to hustle you oh, with uh, Marvin Jones and the, the corpse of Kenny Galladay and whatever other scrubs that weren't trying to kill We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, but uh, one more thing I want to bring up here real quick, Steve. I appreciate the question. I just want to bring this up real quick. Jerry O'Shea, our our, our main man from Ireland, our our eyes and ears in Ireland just saying, woke up to say, love you guys. Jerry, love you too, man. Um, appreciate that you are up very early in, uh, in in one of the best countries in the world, in Ireland, uh, and you're listening to us, man. I uh, appreciate that. But uh, what, what did you want to say about your team that's going to get beat by Deontay, Bill? Uh, I don't really want to say anything else about that. I think that was a great question, though, by Steve. Um, it was. It was. Um, but I did notice that in one of my leagues, uh, Scott Connor, um, Charles Chill, FFB, I think, uh, yep. picked up Darius Geis on waivers. And I thought that was a pretty smart move. Like, you know, you kind of weathered the whole season. You know, maybe somebody takes a chance on him if you're not in the playoffs. Or even if you are and you have a roster spot, go look for Geis and see if he's on waivers and throw him on your roster. You know, he's not the best person in the world but you know he could be somebody who falls into some opportunity next year if things get cleared up or something so or or even if he is rostered by a team uh see if you can get him as a throw-in you know if you're if you're a uh if you're a rebuild and you're trying to trade something to a contender you see that contender has Darius guys they're focused on winning they're not focused on next year so See if you can get a little Darius guys throw in. Guy probably would be like, oh, I don't care. I haven't had this guy all season. I'll give him to you. And you deal with the headache. And like Bill said, that I mean, that's a great point, Bill. Uh, props to you because I would, not going to lie, I haven't even been thinking about uh, Darius guys. So. Me either. I saw Scott do it in one of my leagues. And I just, as we were doing the show, I added him in like four leagues because I'm like, hey, you know, what the heck? It's worth adding to my roster. Dude, so kudos to Scott Connor, not to me. <laughs> I see, uh, I see you here in uh, Superflex Army too. Just picked them up. I did indeed. You did that before uh, before you spouted it out, didn't you? Got it. That's what you got to do. <laughs> now I know Steve's gonna beat you for your shady play. <laughs> but uh, but no, man, that that's all good. So look at this, man. We we did it. Another episode in the books. Man, this was a great episode. We we had so much interaction from obviously Steve, Jerry, early in the morning, Lindsey Kennedy. Uh, it was so much fun, man. And appreciate all you guys in the chat. You guys were awesome. Uh, we can't. We honestly, the show is just so much more fun when you guys are are throwing out your questions and your comments, and you know. Lindsay was talking about she's willing to work for beer. She's a commission. So remember that, people. This is the time of year. Christmas time. You got a little extra money in your pocket. Maybe you win your league. Maybe throw your commission a little sixer and just say, say thank you for everything you do throughout the year, especially in these dynasty leagues. I'll be honest with you. A thank you is enough. Like, 
it'd be great to get a six pack or whatever. But honestly, like I, I had somebody just pop in and said, you know, I made actually made a trade with them, and he's like, by the way, great job dealing with the, you know, COVID, and really appreciate all the work you put into it, and glad we didn't have to implement all that, and but at least we were prepared, you know. And it, just hearing that makes you know that's enough, honestly, reward. Like, at least I, it's somebody's appreciating the efforts, you know? And so, honestly, reach out, thank, thank the commissions, um, and, you know, that alone is enough. But yeah. send them a six-pack if, if you want, because like, they're yeah. not going to be disappointed by that either. No, nah, and, and I will say, uh, Bill is only the, the commission, one of the leagues I'm in. Hopefully that, that number increases next year. But Bill is one of the good ones. I mean, trust me, you don't know what a good commissioner is until you've had a bad one. And I've had some bad ones. So I, I, you know, I know a good one when I see one. So, you know, think about all the work that your your commissions had to do during the offseason with trying to come up with COVID bylaws and like, what are we going to do in this situation and that and still trying to figure out things on the fly when games are getting rearranged and potentially canceled and all that um just say thanks but you know back to back to the end of the show here uh thank you for everyone in the chat you know you guys if you're on youtube you probably already do it but make sure you hit uh subscribe and hit the bell so that you know when we go live and you know the this is for the dat network so the dat we're going to be doing other things besides just this show so you, you know keep your eyes peeled for that stuff you're going to know when all that stuff goes live. Um, you know, if you're listening on podcasts, thank you so much. An hour, 20 minutes into this thing, you could literally be doing anything else with your day. You've decided to listen to us and that's appreciated. Make sure to subscribe, rate and review. Uh, we do read them. We do see what you guys like, what you guys don't like. But it also helps get our name out there. It helps more people to see us when uh, when they search for uh, for dynasty shows and fantasy shows and all that stuff. So, Bill, I think we are out of here. Late.